So this week's parsha, parsha's Vayishlach, we have where Yaakov Avinu is coming finally back to um, back to Eretz Yisrael after spending twenty years by his uh, by Lavan, and then two years in the way, and now he's going to meet up with Esav. And as we know, Esav is coming with four hundred men. He's coming to kill Yaakov Avinu. Um, but Yaakov reaches out to Esav, and right in the beginning of the parsha, he sends messengers to Esav and says, as we have here in the paper in front of us. He says, He tells the messengers to say, So you shall tell to my master Esav, So says your servant Yaakov, With love and I lived, And I, uh, I tarried until now. I've amassed oxen, donkeys, sheep, servants, maidservants, maidservants, and I'm sending these these um, messengers to tell my master to find a favor, to find grace in your eyes. This is, this is the message that Yaakov sends Esau with his messengers. So Rashi says, Rashi comments on the word garti. The word that Yaakov uses is I've lived with Lavan, but he uses the word garti, which is an unusual expression. And Rashi gives two pirushim, two explanations. One pirush is Agir means like a stranger. He says, I never became there a minister, I never became someone of prominence. I remained a stranger. There's no reason for you to hate, hate me for the blessings that my father blessed me that I'll become a master over my brothers. The blessings of my father were not fulfilled. I remained a stranger all of these years. So that's the first Pirush of Rashi. That he uses this expression in love and garti, with love and I was a stranger, in order to tell Esav that really, you know, the, the blessings haven't really worked for him. So there's no reason to hate him. Dovaracher, second Pirush, a second explanation in this word garti, is garti bigimatria taryag. The word garti has the same numerical value, same numbers as taryag, 613. This is unique to Rashi to go into gematria. Rashi is not one typically that brings gematrias. You have the Balaturim always bringing gematrias. But Rashi doesn't, but here he does. So Rashi says that Yaakov tells Esav, love and garti. He's really alluding to the fact that I kept the 613 mitzvahs when I was in Lovan's home. Kilemar, im lovan harasha garti. He's saying, um, I, I live with love and the wicked Lovan. And nevertheless, Taryag Mitzvah Shamarti, I kept all the mitzvahs, I did not learn from Lavan's evil ways. I remained an observant Jew, I kept all the mitzvahs of the Torah. So, these are the two explanations of Rashi about Garti. I remained a stranger with Lavan, number one. Number two, I did all the Taryag Mitzvahs. The Rebbe points out that although they seem to be two different explanations, but really there's a common a thread and there's a powerful connection between these two connections and that is that really Yaakov is saying how is how could one be by a lovan how could one be surrounded by immoral and decadent and wicked people and places and still remain observant still remain strong and still remain unscathed in their spirituality and their holiness that's by seeing to it that they they remain a stranger to their surroundings in other words, the problem is when we get involved, too involved, in our surroundings, in our surroundings that are not holy, that are not spiritual, in our pursuits, in our business dealings, in the people that we deal with, if we're too overly involved, so then they have a negative effect on us as well. When we recognize that this is not our home, 
And although we might be involved, and even for 20 long years, Yaakov might be totally involved in, the, in, the, um, in his work, there for Lavan and Charan, but he always felt himself as a stranger there. This was not his home. This was not his place of permanence. And by doing that, by in a sense isolating himself and seeing himself as a stranger to his surroundings, which is the first period of Rashi, that he remained a stranger, this therefore leads to the second explanation of Rashi, that Taryag Mitzvah Shamarti, he's able to be strong in keeping all the 613 Mitzvahs and not be negatively affected by his surroundings because he sees himself only as a stranger to his surroundings. And uh, beautifully, this is connected with another Pasuk a little bit further in the next chapter. After Yaakov finishes his ordeal with Esav, Pasuk says, Perek Lamegimel, Pasuk Yitzayin, V'yakov nasa sukosa, Yaakov travels to Sukkos, V'yiven loibayis, he builds for himself a home, U'lemiknehu asa sukos, and is for his cattle. For his possessions, he makes sukos. Al-Kain Karashim and Wakim Sukkos, that's why the place is called Sukkos. And here we have again a beautiful idea. For himself he made a home, and for his possessions he made a sukkah. What's the difference between a sukkah and a home? A home represents a place of permanence. A sukkah, as we know the sukkah that, that we dwell in on sukkahs, is a very temporary type of place, a very transient type of place. And what the Pasuk is telling us is that Yaakov viewed his possessions, for his possessions he had a sukkah. That's not who I really am. That's not his home. That's not his place of permanence. His place of permanence is in the base madrash. His place of permanence is in the shul. His place of permanence is his spirituality. And his miknehu, his cattle, and his possessions, that was secondary. For that, there's a sukkah. And for therefore, for that, and in those place, types of places, he looks at himself as a stranger, as a gear. It's a very beautiful story of the Balshamtov and his disciple and successor, the Magid of Mezrich. The Balshamtov once had a person who came to visit him. And the Balshanto says, you know, you know, I know you're going back home and you live near the city of Mizrich. Please go in and visit my disciple, Reber, Rebdov Ber of Mizrich. So this um, simpleton um, heads off and he goes to Mizrich and he's looking around for where this Rebdov Ber may live. And he's thinking Rebdov Ber must be a great Rav. He must live in a, in a nice home. But as he's looking and looking, finally, he's, um, he's told to go to the edge of the town and he finds... Rivdov Bear lives in a very dilapidated home and there's very there's nothing there, there's no furniture there. He comes in. Rivdov Bear is teaching children Torah. Finally, the Mazrishir Magi Rivdov Bear talks to him and he's so happy to receive the regards from the Balshamtav. This uh, this the, the messenger turns to Rivdov Bear and says, Where's your furniture? He says, I don't understand. You don't have any furniture in your home, totally barren. And the Mazrishir Magi looks at him and says, I understand your question, but let me ask you, where's your furniture? You don't seem to have any furniture either. The person says, what do you mean? Of course I have furniture. At home I have furniture. Now I'm traveling. But at home I have furniture. Rabdaivber smiled at the person and says, he says, ah, that's the truth. In my home, in my home I also have furniture. I have plenty of furniture. But here in this world I'm merely traveling. And if I'm traveling here, when you travel you don't take along furniture. You don't need your furniture. As long as at home you have your furniture. And this mice is always given over to exhibit this idea that where a person recognizes where is their place of permanence and what is a, where is the person merely a stranger. And as David Bear looked at this entire world and all the involvements in this world as a place where he's really a stranger. This is not the place he's at home. His home is in Ruchnius, his home is in Ganadin, his home is in higher places, and that's where he, uh, he would invest, so to speak, to have real furniture. That's one idea about him, love on Garti. Let's do one more idea. 
Um, as we saw, after Yaakov tells love that uh, sends the messenger to Esau and says him love and garti, he goes on to say that and and here by I've amassed shir and chamer, oxen and donkeys, sheep, servants and maidservants. And there's a fascinating medrash brishus rabba as you have in front of you, parsha ayin hey simin vav, where the medrash says that this entire pasuk that Yaakov Avinu is, ta- is telling Esau is really allegoric. The oxen and the donkeys and the sheep it's all allegoric. As the medrash says, Rabban and Amri. Shair zemashuach melchama. The accent refers to the warriors of the Jewish people, the anointed, the, the anointed uh, kayan who would join the Jewish people in their battles. The axe represents that beauty and that strength of that warrior. Chamer, the donkey that Yaakov says, I have amassed donkeys, zemelech hamashiach, that refers to the coming of Mashiach, the king Mashiach. Shenemar, concerning whom the Navi says in Zechariah, the Mashiach will come as a poor person riding on a donkey. So when Yaakov talked about the donkey, he was really, really allegorically referring to the coming of Mashiach. Tzoyin elu Yisrael, the sheep is Klal Yisrael. Shnamer v'atein atzoyini tzoyin marisi. The Novi Yicheskel says we're called Hashem's sheep. Eved v'shivcha, the servant, the maidservant, is again Klal Yisrael. As we say in Tehillim, ke'ini avodim aliyadadineim, we turn to Hashem as servants to our master Hashem. So Yaakov is again referring, of course, to physical oxen and donkeys and sheep and servants and maidservants, but allegorically he's referring to the, the anointed Kayin who, uh, who would accompany Kal Yisrael to war, to the King Mashiach himself, to Kal Yisrael, in the various verses as the Medrash says. But I want to focus in on the Mashiach part, that, that uh, Yaakov is referring to Mashiach as the donkey, because Mashiach is the one who's coming on a donkey. Now the truth is, about Mashiach arriving on a donkey, it's, uh, it's not so simple. There's a Gemara in Sanhedrin, Daf Sadiches, again, that's the next quote on the page here. The Gemara says, Amar Rabbi Alexandri. Rabbi Alexandri says, the Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Romi, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi asked a question. Ksiv, on the one hand, there's a Pasuk in Daniel that says, that Mashiach will come on clouds of heaven. Uksiv, on the other hand, there's the Pasuk in Zechariah, He'll come like a poor person riding on a donkey. So Rabbi Shua ben Levi asked, what's the story? Is Mashiach coming on a cloud or is Mashiach coming on a donkey? And obviously, it's not just the difference between a cloud and a donkey. This is two totally different manners of coming. The cloud represents a very, very grand type of entrance. The donkey is a very poor entrance. So how's Mashiach coming? Is Mashiach coming on the clouds of heaven or, on a, or is a poor man on a donkey? Says the Gemara over there, if Mashiach, if we'll be meritorious, if we'll be deserving, Mashiach will come in a grand way. He'll come like on the cloud. If we won't be deserving, Mashiach will come in a poor way, like the poor man on the donkey. And what the Gemara seems to be saying is that Mashiach is coming no matter what. Mashiach has promised to call Yisrael, it's one of the principles of our faith, but it's the level of Mashiach's coming, in what way will he arrive, could be dependent and could change um, based or dependent on our level of merit. So that's what the Gemara says. Now, which begs the question, that the Gemara seems to say, based on the two Nevuahs, the Nevuah in, in Daniel versus Zechariah, the Mashiach might come in a greater way or in a poorer way, on a cloud or on a donkey. Why then when Yaakov Avinu is talking, is referring to, is alluding to the coming of Mashiach, does he allude to him as a donkey, which refers to the lower form of coming, the way of Mashiach's coming, when we're not meritorious? Why would Yaakov choose that way of the coming of Mashiach, the less meritorious way of the coming of Mashiach? 
So the emphasis to understand this, to understand this concept of um, of Mashiach's coming in the donkey and why Yaakov talked about Mashiach's coming dafka in that way. We have to dig deeper and understand this whole concept of Mashiach and the donkey. Why is he connected in this less meritorious way of coming? Why is he connected to a donkey? And there's a fascinating medrash in Pirkid Yerubeliezer, Perik Lamed. Again, you have it in front of you. That talks about a few of the very famous donkeys of the Torah and says that it was really all the same donkey. The first great donkey that we have is the donkey that Avram Avinu used as he was going to the Akedah. Avram wakes up early and he saddles his donkey and he heads out to the Akeda with, with, um, with his sons. As the Medrash says, Avram wakes up in the morning. He takes his servant Yishmael. I'm sorry, his son Yishmael. His servant Eliezer. His beloved son. Imai with him. Saddles the donkey. Says the Pirkei Rebeliezer, Hu ha-chamoyr she-rochav alav Moshe b'voyeh le-mitzrayim. This is really the same donkey that Moshe Rabbeinu rode when he came to Mitzrayim. Shanemar, as the Pasuk says, we know, when Hashem um, appears to Moshe in the burning bush, so Moshe then is in Midian by his father-in-law Yisrael, and ultimately Hashem tells Moshe to go down to Mitzrayim to redeem the Jewish people. So the Pasuk says, He takes his wife and sons, He has them ride on the donkey. Says the Pirkei Yezer, it's the same donkey, the same donkey that Avram Avinu used on the way to the Akedah. Moshe Rabbeinu used it on the way to Mitzrayim to, uh, to uh, bring about the redemption of the Jewish people of Mitzrayim. And then the message goes on, and who hachamer sheasid ben Davi lirkev alav. That's the same donkey that Mashiach, the son of David, the descendant of David, will ride on. Shenemer oni verechev alachamer, as it says about Mashiach, as we had the we mentioned earlier from Zechariah, the Mashiach will be that poor person riding on a donkey. Fascinating medrash. According to the simple pshat of this medrash, we're talking about a donkey that's a couple of thousand year, years old, right from the Akeda, and then. <coughs> And then Mashiach to redeem Kal Yisrael. So whether that medrash is meant to be taken on a pshat level that there's actually a donkey that's living for thousands of years, or perhaps on a deeper and allegoric level, but the medrash is definitely drawing a line between these three donkeys and telling us there's some deep um, connection, symbolism, between these three donkeys or these three times that we read about the donkey of Avram going to the Akedah, Moshe going to Mitzrayim, and Mashiach coming to redeem Klal Yisrael, all relating and connected to this donkey. And what is it? And to understand it, let's look at one more detail, which is a difference in the usage of the donkey in these three instances. In the first instance, on the way to the Akedah, what was the donkey used for? So the donkey carried the wood, right? It does, Avram didn't ride on the donkey. Avram and Eliezer and Yishmael and Yitzchak walked alongside. The donkey just carried their wood, carried what they needed in order for the Akedah. When it comes to when Moshe Rabbeinu went down to Mitzrayim, there it says the donkey carried his wife and sons. And finally, when we talk about the donkey of Mashiach, it says that Mashiach himself will ride on the donkey. So we see in each place the usage of the donkey became more and more personal, closer and closer to the one, to the tzaddik of the story. In the story of the Akedah, the donkey just carried the firewood, the kindling. 
In the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the donkey already carried Moshe Rabbeinu's wife and sons. And when it comes to Mashiach, the donkey will carry Mashiach himself. So what does all, all this mean? Hasidus explains that the donkey represents materialism. The physical, the word, the Hebrew word for chamor is also chomer. Chomer is the material, the, the material and the physical aspect of everything is the chomer. There's, there's chomer and tzura. The chomer is the physicality, tzura is the more spiritual form. Pasuk says, famous Torah, the Baal Shem Tev, the Pasuk says in, in, in Chumash Shemais, Perich of Gimel, Pasuk Hei, Kisira Chamer Seinacha. When you see the donkey of your enemy, Revit Tachas Masoi, and it's, uh, it's uh, falling under its weight, heavy weight. You might think not to help him. You should help out the donkey. And the Baal Shem Tov famously explained that this Pasek has a deeper meaning. It's not just talking about a physical donkey. It's talking about physicality. It's talking about our bodies. And one might see their body and feel it's an enemy. Because it's, the physical can be seen as an enemy to the spiritual, to the holy. And indeed, until the Bashantiv's times, many people would actually afflict themselves and they would fast and they would hurt themselves and they would roll in the snow and do all types of acts to afflict their physical body in order to break the physical, so to speak, so that they could be truly spiritual and holy in their mind. And the Bashantiv vehemently opposed that way of, of thinking. The Balshantar said that's what this Pasik is talking about. A person might look at their physicality and see it as an enemy and, and think not to help out their body. In fact, to hurt their body. Says the Torah, no, says the Balshantar. We're meant to help our body, use our bodies, use our physical and harness it and help it, excuse me, and have that help us in serving Hashem. Make that part of our service of Hashem. Hashem created it and gave us a body so that we should use it in His service. Not hurt it, not in any way afflicted. So the chamor, the donkey, represents the materialism, the phys- the physical, the physical aspects of a person's life, and therefore, in these three stories, that physicality was always part of the avodas Hashem, part of the spiritual service being done. But as time progressed, that physicality, that donkey representing the materialism became more and more useful, more and more part of the story, more and more part of the shlichas, of the mission that was being done L'shem Shemayim. In the time of Avram Avinu, the world was not refined very much, so then the donkey was only able to carry something external, like the kindling, like the firewood. That's it. So the donkey was used. It also became part of the mission, but it only helped in an external part of the mission. By the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, the world was already more refined. There was more ability to bring refinement into the physical and the materialism. And therefore the donkey was used not just for something physical and external, but for Moshe Rabbeinu's wife and children. And when Mashiach will come, which represents the shleimus, the completion of the refinement of the physical, then the donkey will carry Mashiach himself. The Redeemer himself will come riding on the materialism, on the physicality of this world that was fully refined and brought into the realm of Kedusha and is therefore what will help Mashiach himself bring him to Gula, bring him to redemption. So according to this, going back to the Gemara that says, so is Mashiach coming in a cloud or a donkey? And the Gemara says, well, if we're, if we're meritorious, it'll be a cloud. Not meritorious, it'll be a donkey. Hasidus explains that Mashiach... Will, will come in a spiritual, holy way 
dealing with refined things, that's the cloud. But through our avoid in this world with things that are not refined, things that are physical, things that are material, the donkeys of this world, then Mashiach will come through our avoida with that which is not refined. And refining it, then Mashiach will come even on the donkey. Even the physical aspects of this world will become part and parcel of Mashiach's coming because they'll be fully refined and therefore they will be part and helpful with the coming of Mashiach. Says the Rebbe, if so, will understand why when Yaakov Avinu was telling Esav in the beginning of this week's Parsha, he says, I have a donkey, referring to Mashiach, he's referring to Mashiach coming on the donkey. Because Yaakov is coming after 20 years of, ref- of refinement, of, 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 of love on possessions and a place that's, that's, that's immoral and decadent. And Yaakov did his avoided, did a service and brought refinement and holiness and spirituality into a place that was very, very materialistic. And that idea, the idea of refinement is the idea of bringing Mashiach even on the donkey. And therefore he references that donkey here, the donkey of Mashiach. Yaakov here doesn't reference the cloud. The cloud is Mashiach's coming through our mitzvahs that are done perhaps in holy places. But through our mitzvahs that are done with the physical and with the refinement of this world, Mashiach will come riding and all of the materialism and all of the gashmias that we worked with and used in this world and use it l'shem shemayim and refined it and elevated it and then Mashiach will come with all of that on top of all of that reichev al to the reign of the coming of Mashiach may be speedily in our time.